Welcome to From the Hawk's Nest. I'm your host, Matt Bergman, and today my guest is Father John Doctor. He's the Vice President of Mission and Ministry here at Quincy University. He's a 1972 alumnus of Quincy University, and he has served on the QU Board of Trustees and received an Honorary Doctor of Divinity degree from QU in 2016, making him Dr. Doctor. (laughs) So, Father John, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us today. I'm glad to be here. Let's think back a few years and give us some of your background, where you came from, and how you came to be here at Quincy University. Well, I'm one of the unique friars who, at the age of 13, began to study for the Franciscan Order. And I went to school here at Quincy College at the time because we built our, our seminary here at Our Lady of Angels, which is now North Campus. So I graduated from here in 72, went on for theology, and then was stationed in a couple places. Then in 1983, I was asked to come back to Quincy to be on the formation staff here at uh, uh, Our Lady of Angels Seminary. Uh, Then after three years, I moved on and uh, uh, thought my time in Quincy was uh, over and uh, went on to do formation work and uh, then I was in administration of the, uh, the province for 15 years. At the end of that period of 15 years of being in administration, I took a sabbatical. And uh, during that sabbatical time, uh, the province had asked me to consider going to a bilingual parish, which I agreed to. And, uh, but at the end of May, as I was completing my sabbatical, uh, Father Ralph Parthy, who was in the position that I hold as vice president for mission and ministry here at Quincy University, was discerned for another major ministry within the province. And the uh, friars I was living with at the time, I said, I'm dead in the water. <laughs> I said, I, I, I'll bet you I get a phone call from the provincial saying that you can no longer go to the bilingual parish and we need you to go to Quincy. 48 hours later, <laughs> I got a phone call uh, stating that, you know, how we, wanted, you, how we wanted you to go to this parish and now we need you to go to Quincy but only for one year. <laughs> what year was that? It was in 2009. So 13 years have passed, and uh, I'm still completing my first year <laughs> in the eyes of the province uh, in, in regards to that. Uh, but my, my life as a friar uh, has been very uh, uh, very varied, and, but a very um, good blessing and gift in my life. What are some of the things about Quincy University that really stand out to you? One, one of the main things that stands out to me is really the uh, strong commitment of the faculty and staff um, uh, concerning the mission of the university itself, especially in the whole aspect of valuing um, the uniqueness of every student that comes here to the university and seeing uh, their... Uh, their gifts and their uh, blessings that they bring and helping them to discover more clearly who they are and uh, hopefully where they're really called to excel in their life in order to make a difference within the world. Uh, So I see a very strong commitment on the part of our faculty and staff for really empowering our students uh, to become um, really the best version of themselves that they can be for the transformation of our world, which we know is so... uh, divided right now, that they can really become servant leaders in the future 
that begin to really help the country move more towards the common good and uh, improve our, our country itself. You know, you've helped lead QU through really some tough times of transition, uh, through financial uncertainty, dealing with the pandemic. Um, you've seen the good times and the bad times. And um, what, what is your approach in handling a difficult situation and maybe what kind of advice would you offer? Well, it's very true that I've, over these 13 years that uh, I've seen our highs and I've seen our lows in regards to that. But my approach to, you know, we can look at something as a problem or as an opportunity for greater growth. And I usually try to take the positive approach uh, to all of that. Uh, the university at times has had um, the approach of if we got a problem, we got to fix it so we can move on to the next thing. And that never solves anything in my mind. If we have a, a challenge that's before us, the first thing we're called to do is to, to stop, to look and listen. What is, it, what is it saying to us? What's it calling us to? Uh, and then, you know, uh, decide off of that what, what is the best approach we need to take from there. Uh, I think when we take the approach of trying to fix it so we get it out of the way, we're just putting a Band-Aid on something, and it's going to come back. Uh, later on uh, to be addressed again. And I think when we, we, you know, through the financial difficulties that we had, uh, really called us to uh, stop, look, and listen. What's really going on here? And where do we really need to go uh, for the future of the university itself? And I believe very strongly it brought the best out of us because of doing that. Uh, I think if we hadn't done that, uh, we would have not, we would not be where we are today. Uh, because when we d- took that honest look, uh, we were able to uh, really uh, create better morale within the institution that we do have a future, uh, that we are going to make it, uh, that we're going to be true to our mission uh, in regards to that. For me, it's always looking at what's the challenge, what's it calling us to, and uh, that's going to lead us to something that's a greater good. Well, let's take a brief break, and when we come back, we're going to talk with Father John about the Christmas season and ways to lean on our Franciscan values throughout the holidays. Stay with us. You're listening to From the Hawk's Nest. Hey, QU alum, we want to stay connected with you. Tell us what's happening in your life and your career. Let us know when you move and update your email address. Share when you change jobs, receive a promotion, or have other accomplishments and recognitions. And yes, we want to know when you get married and when you have a baby and make additions to your family. Hey, and you can always contact us just to say hello. Feel free to send pictures of yourself or others which may be of interest to the Quincy University community. Stay connected with us through various social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Welcome back to From the Hawk's Nest. I'm your host, Matt Bergman, and today we're chatting with Father John Doctor, a 1972 alum of this fine institution and current vice president of mission and ministry. And Father John, we're going to talk about the Christmas season, but before we get there, let's talk a little bit just about the campus ministry office and really the important function that it plays in the day-to-day life of the university? Uh, The campus ministry um, office does a lot in uh, helping students 
to really grow in their relationship uh, with God. Uh, it offers a lot of different uh, opportunities uh, for students to be able to, to do that, not only in, in our worship, you know, whether it's Mass, whether it's a paraliturgical event, uh, whether it's celebrating the right of reconciliation, but also in offering um, you know, Bible study, offering uh, uh, addressing subjects that we know the students are interested in and want to know more about in regards to it. Important thing is for campus ministry is really the also the one-on-one with students uh, to really uh, come in asking for spiritual guidance that we're able to walk with them, help them to see how God is at work within their life, and to help them uh, hopefully make choices that will uh, deepen their spiritual life and to allow the spirit to become much more formative in their life. One of the things that I think we was a good decision uh, that we've done in recent years. It's probably, it's probably been longer than I think now, but is making that campus ministry office uh, forefront in our main building right when you walk in. Uh, the campus ministry is present right there. Um, I think for even prospective students and families can see how important it is, and of course the chapel's right there as the heart of the university. Um, and so I, I, I really think that that's um, really a great strategic location to have those two locations for um, students, faculty, and staff. Well, that's true, <clears throat> but we had a fight for that. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> In order to make that happen. Uh, campus ministry, though, at one time had a focal point on the campus, and that was before the, uh, uh, the Hawks hangout uh, came about because campus ministry became a focal point because they would offer coffee, they would offer drinks, they would offer popcorn, they offer snacks. And so students would come over there, especially at night to study, because we had uh, the Frank and Claire uh, uh, meeting room that was over there. And so uh, students would come in and out of there. But once they created the Hawks uh, hangout, where they would sell, you know, uh, uh, food and all that, you know, uh, fast food to the students, then the traffic coming to the campus ministry house almost became nil uh, in regards to that. Then they moved it over to the, uh, the student center uh, in the basement. And, again, it wasn't where students yeah. come and go from. And so finally we, got it, we were able to get ourselves over into Francis Hall, uh, where years and years ago when I was a student, that's where it was at, right in that lobby area. And uh, so we were able to get the, uh, the room, at, uh, the big room, as you entered the building on your right. And students go past it, and a lot of them will stop in and, and uh, check things out. Besides, we also, like we do in a number of other places on the campus, we have food in there. Absolutely. You know, uh, some kind of snacks uh, or candy or whatever. So they, that's one way to get them to come in and just have a uh, conversation with them. You never know where that's going to go. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, you know, the Christmas season is really um, upon us, and it can be a challenging time as people plan for events and time with family and friends and also balance the expectation of the holidays with their work, work life. How do you approach this time of year? Well, I approach it from a very much a Franciscan perspective uh, because I do think that uh, one of the things that's happened uh, within our country, we've, we've uh, allowed Christmas to become commercialized. And it's really uh, taken the meaning out of Christmas uh, altogether. 
you know, from a Franciscan uh, perspective, what we're celebrating here is uh, the, the choice that God made to take on our human nature in order that we might experience the great love that he has for us, the great compassion, the great mercy that he has for us. And Christmas is a time to celebrate uh, that love that God has for each one of us uh, in regards to that. And if anything, throughout the Christmas season, at least from a Franciscan perspective, is how do we become, you know, uh, look at our loving presence with our family, with our friends during this time? It's about relationship. Uh, it's, it's not about you know, the gifts. Now, I understand that you know, gifts are important in one sense that sometimes it shows our appreciation to another for what they mean to us uh, in regards to that. But it, it, <clears throat> there's where the value of the gift comes in. It's not just a matter of giving a gift. It's a matter of really a sign of the value and appreciation for what, this, what you mean in my life uh, in regards to that. The other thing that Christmas reminds us of, because God took on our human nature to awaken us to the great love that he has, uh, it really does remind us of um, a stance of humility that we need in our life. Uh, because uh, we realize that everything that we have is a gift and a blessing that's come from God. And if God can humble himself to take on our human nature, to awaken us to the fact that we are uh, special in God's eyes as his sons and daughters, then we, we must realize that God is the source of everything that exists in, a, in, a, in our very selves. And that really calls us to take a stance of humility, of how God is gifting us and blessing us as, and calls us to be that gift and blessing for others. What are some ways that we might be able to embrace those Franciscan values during Christmas? Well, the quality of wasting time with <laughs> another. And, yeah. and I use that word, it sounds, it sounds crass or, or that, but really it's, it's not what we do, it's the quality of time uh, that we spend with others. Christmas time is usually, we're rushing here, we're rushing there, we're doing this, we're doing that. Uh, and, and, and we really don't spend the time that we need uh, just to be and to appreciate uh, what we mean to each other. Uh, and so for me, you know, even with my family, uh, we decided not to uh, meet during, the, during Christmas, you know, before Christmas and that. Uh, because it's just, we don't have time to spend really well, uh, time, uh, you know, really convicted time together. So we do our celebration after Christmas. We do it during the free, first week of January. Well, then you can get better deals on the presents anyway. Well, <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. You did, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you know uh, yeah, you can get the white sales and a few yeah. other things uh, in that regard. But no, we did it because that way we can really just spend time together and uh, because we are a large family. And, uh, and so we tried to spend a whole day uh, just being with each other and catching up with what's going on in regards to that. Um, but the other thing is we try not to, even, even with my family, one of the things we, that was always done before, everybody got a gift. We don't do that anymore. The only people that get gifts are anybody who's 18 and younger. And uh, someone in the family draws their name, and that's who they get, and they get a gift on that. But we don't gift, we gift each other by our presence and being with each other. 
uh, we don't buy something to give. Uh, and knowing you, you probably make something really good to eat, I bet. Well, I have a tendency to bake, yes. <laughs> so, you know, I usually make my uh, pecan rolls. And uh, they're to die for, if I may say so, on this podcast. Well, if you need somebody to sample those, our office will gladly sign up. Uh, how much do you want to pay? <laughs> oh, well, no, <laughs> just samples. Oh, samples. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Lots of samples. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of family, I'm sure you have some favorite Christmas memories and traditions. What are what are a few of those? Uh, for me, again, uh, Christmas Eve... Um, was a time that, you know, <laughs> mom and dad would put us to bed. And when we woke up in the morning, there was a Christmas tree. Uh, there were gifts under the tree, you know, because Santa had come and all of that. So it's like all of a sudden, you know, it emphasized the specialness of this day. You know, so, the, uh, you know, like today we, we decorate as right after Thanksgiving, we were putting mm-hmm. up our tree and everything else like that. But uh, my mom and dad were pretty clear that this is the time we prepare for Christmas. We prepare for the birth of Jesus. And uh, then Christmas is when you really do that celebration yeah. uh, in regards to that. And, of course, as a kid, Christmas went from December 25th to February 2nd. You know, And so our tree was up from that whole period of time uh, in regards to that. And... Uh, you know, so we really got into recognizing from a spiritual point that we are really celebrating who, you know, who Jesus is. And as a little kid, you know, you, you know, he's he's the baby Jesus, and and all of that. You don't think of Jesus as as the, uh, fully grown or anything like that. Uh, and of course, we emphasize, uh, you know, uh, because mo- you know, I have there's seven of us, so we uh, there was always a little kid, you know, or a baby, so. You, you automatically associate Jesus with, you know, oh, my little brother, my little sister, you know, type thing. And yeah. those, are, those are special times uh, in regards to that. The other thing is we always would have a, a kind of a family reunion, uh, usually um, sometime in January. And so everybody got together for that. And it wasn't a time to give gifts. It was just a time to have, a, have, have good food, uh, for us kids, we're getting together with cousins, and and we play hard and did, did a lot of fun things in regards to that. So that's one of my my, my uh, best memories growing up in relationship to that. As friars, um, you know, it varies from community to community. But when I was director of novices for the province, I did my family's tradition. We did not decorate the friary until Christmas Eve. And, uh, you know, to signify, now we prepared for this day, now let's celebrate it uh, in regards to that. Because I knew that, I told him, this is the only time you'll probably experience this uh, within our Franciscan life uh, in regards to that. But the other thing that's a highlight for me is uh, being able to go over to Italy and go to Greccio where uh, Francis uh, created the first live uh, Christmas scene. And one of the things that Francis wanted to do, he wanted people to experience how God humbled himself to take on our humanity because of the great love that he has for us. And uh, just to be up on that mountain where that took place at and to really um, 
um, began to understand what what Francis why Francis fell in love with the poor, the humble, and crucified Christ. Uh, you know, so that was a very par- powerful experience. Very, uh, very nice memories and, and traditions, and I think. You know, everybody out there has their own, and everybody has some special ones. And, uh, you know, I really like not putting the Christmas tree up until Christmas Eve. However, that would mean that I can't make my children do the work. <laughs> so oh. I, I got to think hard about that one. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you might need to uh, re-image yourself in yeah. that regard. <laughs> and that. One of the things we did have fun with when, um, when I was in Cleveland as a friar, um, we had a pet rock. Hmm. Okay, and that pet rock would go from the uh, sister's convent to the friary back and forth and would go in different forms. One time it would be baked in bread. Oh, jeez. Another time it would come in, a, <laughs> you know, placed in a cake somehow. Uh, sometimes it was uh, dressed up in some character or whatever. Uh, and so at Christmas time, it was dressed up as a Franciscan Santa Claus. You know, uh, in regards to that, but we, had, you know, that that's the kind of fun. You know, Christmas. You know, it's also time to to play. Mm-hmm. You know, and to really enjoy uh, the gift of life. Well, Father John, anything else that we should discuss before we wrap up here? Well, the only thing I would say, uh, you know, for myself is I, I would really my prayer always is that we open ourselves up and are receptive to really how much God really does love us and, and is walking with us at all times and how often we do, we're not in tune with that. We're not in tune with the fact that we walk in the mystery of God's love at all, at all moments uh, that's, that's holding us in existence, that's sustaining us, and is calling us to the fullness of life uh, in regards to that. And for me, Christmas is really entering into that great mystery of God's love. Well, Father John, thank you so much for being our guest today and for the guidance and encouragement that you bring to the campus community. Thank you. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of From the Hawk's Nest, where we talk to Franciscan friars, QU alums, faculty, staff, and students, and hear about their QU journey. I'm Matt Bergman, and remember, it's always a great day to be a hawk.